Inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. You're listening to Hoops and Scoops on WNYU 89.1 FM. This is your host, Rebecca Lift, joined by your panel of Liza, David, and Aaron. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Hoops and Scoops. We're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about some NBA award predictions, as well as I deal a little bit of college basketball stuff. Liza and David are going to lead the way in that. Uh, I want to start off, obviously, with the big um, awards of the season, which, you know, seeing these first few games, I'm trying not to let it affect my pick too much. Um, But, you know, it kind of is based on what we're seeing. So I want to talk MVP. Um, I believe you guys all have Luka Doncic. Yeah, all right. I guess. He was my number two. I ultimately had Kevin Durant. Um, but it seems like they're going to be resting him a little more than I uh, predicted originally. Uh, so I definitely see Doncic. I think it's going to be a pretty good battle between the two of them, um, potentially for it. Um, like I'm trying to see, think if there's like a one guy that's like separated them enough. I mean, Trey Young's been great but I don't think he's there yet. Um, can I get some, uh, Liza, why, why'd you go Doncic? I went Doncic because I think the narrative's there. And I think MVPs become more of a thing about like the media narration behind it over like who's actually, I mean, Luke is talented, but like who deserves it talent wise. And I think the narrative's just been set up for him to win it. And like, logically, there's no reason that he shouldn't win it. So that's why I think yeah. over him. I mean, as a Heat fan watching the game last night, um, he definitely was the reason Dallas won that game uh, really well. Um, and it's really uh, difficult to guard. Um, although he got a little frustrated and kicked a board at one point. Um, and are you kind of in the uh, same um, reasoning? Or did you go with something a little different? Yeah, I think especially since Porzingis isn't there, he's really going to have to step up his role for the team. And his numbers so far have been great. Um, His three-point shooting hasn't been exactly where I thought it would have been. But I think by the end of the season, like we're only a couple games and he'll pick it up and he'll really kind of get that media drive behind him, like Liza said. David, any comments you would like to add on your Luca pick? I just think that last season, the narrative entirely was, oh, Luca's going to be carrying the torch. Um, and it was like, you saw it, he was given the same like ESPN treatment that like people like LeBron are, where it's like they breathe and they're showing the highlights. And so I just think that the, the national media is kind of set up for this season to be Luca's year. Um, and it's going to take a lot for him to not take it like it would take a monumental collapse which obviously he's not been shooting that well so far this season but I think that's something that can be corrected soon 
Um, but if he is underperforming through the first 15, 20 games, that's when you're going to have to start thinking about who's going to be the candidate that steps up and takes kind of what has been Anyone set up have, for like, any, so far. Um, dark Horse? Um, I mean, technically at this point, um, our top five scores um, so far have been Harden, Beal, uh, Trey Young, KD, and CJ McCollum. I actually was going to start to say CJ McCollum has just been phenomenal to start the season. He's definitely not MVP level, but just shout out to him because he's been great. Um, and then Jokic has looked really good too, but Denver's just not doing the best right now. Um, so yeah, I, think, um, I definitely see Trey, um, I'm sorry, Luka Doncic definitely um, leading the way there. I think has a little narrative too coming back from injury um and reminding everybody how good he is um so i think that sets up easily comeback player of the year do they do that in basketball is that just football i might just be football now that i'm thinking about it um easily that would be kd uh if that was an award uh rookie of the year i think this is a conversation right now uh, of course, we have our top two picks in Lamelo, uh, or sorry, our top three picks in Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Lamelo Ball. Um, definitely all playing extremely well. Um, I have Wiseman picking that up just because I think he's going to get a good amount of playing time on a Golden State team that's definitely struggling. Um, he did uh, kind of. Uh, sprain his ankle yes I don't know if they've said anything about it um but he has looked good definitely some rookie mistakes but looks to be adapting at certain points um I'm gonna start with you David who do you have as your rookie of the year uh, and how have I any also games right now affected it I also took James Wiseman just simply because my biggest doubt with him coming into the Warriors team was is he going to be able to space the floor shooting wise and and not get in the way of you know people like Andrew Wiggins who are kind of more downhill scorers um, and the fact that he kind of has developed a three-point shot that he's not scared to take I think he's averaging like two a game which obviously isn't that many but the fact that he's taking them he's taking them in stride with confidence and it's not kind of like a hesitation type thing uh, and it doesn't look like a bad shot at all um, I, I feel like that's going to kind of help the entire Warriors offense and allow him to be kind of played more uh, as a part of the team instead of trying to play like Draymond at the five and uh, like rolling with that. Like some people were saying they may need to do if Wiseman does kind of clog the paint. Um, I, I think that kind of gives him like an edge also just because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more than some of these other rookies that were drafted. Um, like, I mean, think of like Anthony Edwards, who's coming off the bench for a team with like, you know, pretty decent guards. And then LaMelo, who's got Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham also taking touches away. Um, but the Warriors don't really have a pretty solid big man. Like they have what um, Marquise Chris coming off the bench, like yeah. Eric Paschal. And like, those aren't guys that well, are going to be taking. Marquise Chris is out for the season. He got injured. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, 
Yeah, I just think Wiseman's going to take it. But I think if, like, my dark horse, and this is someone I've been saying, it's going to be a very good NBA player for a very long time since I watched him at, uh, where do you go, Iowa, Iowa State, I think, is Tyrese Halliburton. Just because he plays so well off the ball and he can shoot extremely well. And he's a very fundamentally sound on and off ball defender where any team in the league can pick him up and slot him in at a two guard. Or even he could be your primary ball handler if, if need if need be. I mean, he's so averaging assists per game so far. Yeah, um, and I mean that's with uh, like that's with De'Aaron Fox taking you know the point guard role. Um, so I I think that if if the Kings end up starting Halliburton, he's probably going to end up winning Rookie of the Year, and that'll shock a lot of people. But he is a very good basketball player. Hundred percent, um, Liza. What's your what's your call? Right now, I have Lamelo Ball because I I mean I, he is not getting as many minutes as he could be getting if he was on a team that needed him more. Like again, the Hornets do have Rozier, but he his percentages are really high. I think he's like forty five percent from the three right now, and we're only what like five games into the regular season. I think if they start to play him more, he's going to be it. Then it's just going to come to the thing of like do you pick the person that had the better second half or do you pick the person that was more consistent for the whole season in Wiseman? 100%. Um, Aaron, uh, how are, what are you thinking and how are your feelings so far? In- well, I started the season off picking LaMelo, but as we've kind of went on and yeah, he's been scoring the ball like a decent amount. Right now he's at like around 11 points per game. But I think just watching Wiseman play on the Warriors, sometimes he's looking like the second best player next to Steph, and especially with Ubre and Wiggins pay, uh, playing kind of streaky. Um, I think Wiseman's really just been given that platform to shine, and I think he's just a very entertaining player to watch. Like, like David kind of said, he's spacing the floor a decent amount. He's doing Euro steps into dunks. I just think he's definitely going to be a guy that – will be on everyone's radar and there's a reason why like why right now he's kind of leading in rookie of the year favoriting in terms of like betting and stuff like that uh thoughts on it will be topping i know he's i think injured right now is that right yeah i think he only played a game or two um i don't know i'm not so high on obi as a lot of other knicks fans are um just because of the positioning and i didn't think we really needed another forward that bad but I think he definitely has some promise with Randall now kind of like breaking out in a couple of games. I don't know how Tibbs is going to like manage playing them both at the forward position and managing minutes. So that might be a little kind of annoying. Uh, but honestly, I think Randall's just going to be like a Jeremy Lin type situation. And then like Toppin's going to come back and everything's going to go somewhat back to normal. And we're going to go back to like 15th in the East, hopefully. Um, now talking about a little bit the, I mean, the team rankings and stuff, a big thing that comes into that, um, coach of the year. Uh, I think that's a big category right now. Um, ultimately I have so far, um, he's the Hawks head coach. Um, I think, um, the Hawks have looked really good. Um, 
and are taking definitely steps in the right direction. Still not a championship, but definitely steps in the right direction. Um, that's my guy. Um, I want to start with uh, Liza here. I know you I also had a lot him. about the Hawks. Yeah. yeah. No, I've had him from the beginning. I thought he was going to win it even before the Hawks played because they were just predicted to do better this year because they had Trey Young developing. They had Cam Reddish. They have off the bench right now, Herder and Bogdanovich, who are both very good off the bench players. So it was just kind of set up for him to win it because even if they're not going to be this like, they're definitely not going to be like a top championship top seed team anytime soon but to go from winning what like 20 games last year to like even being able to be considered in the playoffs is a much better accomplishment with basically the same players than it would be to be on something like the box where you are expected to be the top seed going out and I believe Gallinari right now is also out with a uh, ankle sprain for a few days but yeah they're sitting at four and one right now um with um Wins over some decent teams um, over Brooklyn last night, um, as well as winning um, almost or losing Brooklyn by four uh, the night before um, or a few nights before. Um, David, where'd you go? Uh, I took Steve Nash just because I feel like... I coach um, of Brooklyn, in case anyone yeah. listening doesn't know. Yeah, if... I feel like if you're a first-year head coach and you finish with the first or second seed with, obviously, I mean, you have Kyrie and KD, but you still have to manage those guys and you have to write up plays that kind of will use both of their strengths and use them both on the floor at the same time and stuff like that. Um, if you do finish with a top two seed, I think that's what's going to set them apart and get Steve Nash the votes. I mean, ultimately, I think he's going to be a great coach. Um, he was a player development coach, I believe, for years while Kevin Durant was there and worked with both Seth Curry and Kevin Durant. And you could see warm-ups and any behind-the-scenes footage. Him really working with them and improved them um, significantly. And I think his relationship with KD that he built was part of what uh, led to him being in Brooklyn. Um, I, that's my um, second pick. I kind of was back and forth between him and Pierce um, because uh, definitely, I mean, Kerr, I believe did that when he was with the Warriors. He was a brand new coach and led the Warriors to the top seed and got coach of the year. Um, and then same with like last year, well, last year's was interesting. It was like a three-way tie, um, between, I believe Eric Spolstra, Nick Nurse and someone else, um, which was a little interesting. Um, let's see, Aaron, I don't think I asked you yet. I was really torn between. Where'd you go? Oh, sorry. I was really torn between Brad Stevens and Steve Nash, but I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Brad Stevens just because like we kind of said before it's a very narrative based um award just all awards in the NBA he hasn't really he hasn't won a coach of the year yet I think Brown and Tatum are playing great and that they're really gonna surprise a lot of people this year I have them going as high as like the two seed in the east so I think that if they really break out and if they play well enough that Stevens might get the edge just because he's He's like a very chess player 
like that's how a lot of other coaches have yeah at the same time i feel like though the celtics have been consistently good the mm-hmm. past few years at least in the regular season um i just i wonder if they're gonna show in that respect i think it's kind of what david said when it comes to first year coach you're definitely watching them more carefully versus someone uh, like brad's been there uh for a while and has led this team consistently but i think it's definitely um interesting <laughs> um pick um I think you're right David playing Tristan Thompson and Daniel uh uh and Tice um at center or at the same time is totally a coach of the year play that that has been like the one major problem I have with the Celtics right now and it annoys me (laughs) to no end it's also the fact that he's just telling not like Tatum doesn't need to take some of the shots that he's missing. He just doesn't need to take them. And no one's telling him you don't need to take that shot. Smart's just yeah. a long gone. Smart will shoot at anything. We knew that. But like no one's telling him just because there's a three, you don't need to take the three. And I think that's what Brad Stevens needs to do. Yeah, I just like my thing is more the whole thing with Daniel Theis is that he is best as a stretch five. And the moment you move him to like a four it's it's questionable because then you lose all the spacing that you're getting with having someone like him on the floor because then you have Tristan Thompson in the paint. <laughs> and, like, if you staggered it to where, like, I don't know, you had a lineup of, like, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Thais going, and that would be, like, if you're playing a team like the – like the Nuggets who can space the floor very well with Jokic shooting threes, or if you're playing a team like the Nets who have like a traditional big man in a DeAndre Jordan, then you play Tristan Thompson more minutes. Like that's, that's a perfectly rational thing to do. But the fact that every single game he goes out there and starts both, it's just the basketball doesn't seem that fun to watch to me. It's not a good coaching move. And I just don't think anyone who does that deserves something like coach of the year, because it's a very easy fix it's a very simple fix. And I, I don't think that, like, I don't feel like I'm in the wrong here for saying that that's something that someone like Brad Stevens with his basketball pedi- pedigree should probably have noticed by now or in training camp or in preseason and adjusted. It's a fair point. Um, from here, defensive player of the year. Um, I'm going to make a quick shout-out to Andre Drummond for having a pretty good first five games of the season. Uh, he will not, I don't think, stick around in any kind of conversation uh, because the Cavs, I think, ultimately will not wind up with a record such as and 2 um, However, shout-out to him. He's looked really um, – I mean, we always knew a great rebounder. Uh, he's averaging almost 50 game add-in two and a half blocks and two and a half steals. Uh, shout out to the, him there. Um, my defensive player of the year, I have Anthony Davis. Um, I don't know if that's going to stick. I don't think Giannis is going to repeat. Um, I just don't see him um, that great um, this year, 100%. Um, but I think... Um, he um think um 
sorry, uh, Anthony Davis has him. Also, you could always go with him or usual defensive player of the year at this point, Rudy Gobert. Um, David, let's start with you. I also have Anthony Davis just because I feel like him being a, like, he is a rock solid defender. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. And the fact that he is going to be the rock solid defender on a team that's likely going to finish with the first seed in the West and possibly the best record in the league. Um, I, I think that, I think that'll just kind of give him the, the, like the, votes that he's going to need to get defensive player of the year and just kind of set him apart from someone like Rudy Gobert, who's always kind of in the conversation. It definitely, um, Aaron. Yeah. I have Anthony Davis. Also, I had a couple other guys on my list. Like Giannis, I think is going to finish somewhere in the top. Ben Simmons might even make a good run for it. Um, Bam out of bio also in there. Bam is going to have a great season defensively, but I don't know. Last year was very neck and neck between Giannis and Anthony Davis. So I think this year they're just going to give the upper hand to Davis just because, yeah, he's going to be the best defensive option on a championship caliber team and one that a lot of people are favoriting for the championship. So I will say so far he hasn't had the best uh, start. at least in advanced statistics, um, when it comes to um, his start defensively. I mean, he's averaging, uh, still opponents are shooting 55% on him, which, you know, is not terrible, but, and it's only beginning of the season, but it's not great at the same time. He's only averaging, I believe, seven rebounds. I think he's definitely got areas he's going to need to improve in order to um, ultimately get that. Yeah, they'll probably get out of that groove once they, I don't know, kind of get more in the mood for the season since obviously their offseason was so short. That's true. Uh, Liza, where'd you yeah, go? I also have Anthony Davis, just because my logic is in addition to everybody else everything's a narrative award. So if you're the best defensive player on the team that is most likely right now to win the championship, why would you not give it to them from a narrative standpoint? Um, yeah, and again, they haven't been great to start, but they had the shortest off season with Miami. And it's the first couple games of the season that really doesn't mean anything in the long run. You need to watch like 25, 30 games to kind of get the sense. And we've seen him in past season, so. No, the most compelling award at least in my opinion, six man of the year. I think this is shaping up to actually be a really interesting one. Um, my pick ultimately is between either uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic or um, watching heat games, Goran Dragic. We saw it in the playoffs. He's looked absolutely phenomenal off the heat bench, running the offense um, while also um, – adding a huge scoring threat. Um, so those are kind of where I'm at. Um, let's see. I just wanted to look um, stat-wise. Dragic is at 15 points and five assists, a 15% field goal uh, percentage. So he's um, a little bit between him and uh, Bogdan um, is kind of who plays for the Hawks, is coming off the – I believe it's fully coming off the bench right now. Um, 
and been playing extremely well. Of course, they brought him over in the uh, as a restricted free agent. Um, thank God, good move for them, and I think he's going to be really good. Um, let's start with you, Aaron. Where'd you go? So I think out of all the awards, six man was just the hardest to pick because you never really know. Going in, I had Schroeder. Also, it depends. Does a player keep coming off the bench? Mm-hmm. The injuries on their team with COVID. And then I believe they have to play a certain percentage of their games coming off the bench in order to even qualify. Yeah. So that's why originally I had Schroeder just because I thought he would have come off the bench. But then obviously he went back on. Uh, he's in the starting lineup. Then I had Dinwiddie, but then obviously, unfortunately, got injured. Um, I think right now I'm kind of torn between Drogic and Karis LeVert. My thing with Drogic, though, is that I think that eventually they might take Tyler Hero out of the starting lineup and put Drogic just because I think when he's on the floor, the team just plays better as a whole. Um, At the same time, but do you keep him coming off the bench because that's that spark? Yeah. So if he stays on, I think that Goran Dragic will win sixth man of the year. If midway through the season, Eric Spolcher decides, maybe I should just put him in instead of Hero and keep Hero off the bench, then I would have to give it to Karis LeVert just because I think he's led that Brooklyn unit pretty solidly. But I don't know. You never really know with who's going to just be called up and start starting for these teams. So, 100%. It's definitely a difficult one to go with. Um, you know, Lou Williams has always been in the running. I just think he's not playing well so far to start the year. Um, Liza, did you follow suit kind of with Dragic or someone similar? Yeah, I have uh, Bojanovic if he continues on the bench. I mean, who knows what's going on because he's playing more minutes than some of the starters. So maybe he'll just stay on the bench so he can win six man of the year. But he's playing like 30 minutes a game. So I mean, yeah, he's uh, shooting 42%. Yeah almost 14 points five rebounds um probably should uh approve his i mean i guess his field goal percentage is 42 percent mostly because he's shooting threes he's shooting stuff you um, should do, but if you hopefully fix that and he stays coming off the bench there's in my mind no reason that he wouldn't win it yeah i mean the other day um dropping um seven points five rebounds five assists off the bench um didn't have a great game against um the Nets the other day, but um, definitely a huge contender when it comes to this. Um, David, did you follow anywhere similar? Yes. Um, I said Karis LeVert, but obviously I made this choice before Spencer Dinwiddie got hurt, and I'm not sure how confident I am that Timothy Luwalu Cabarro is going to continue to start because he has not been looking great so far. So um, I imagine Steve Nash may start slotting in Karis LeVert into the starting lineup. Uh, but if he continues to come off the bench, I think he's probably going to end up winning it simply because he's like his averages are decent. He's shooting very poorly so far. Uh, like he's shooting like 28% from three. And I think that as the season goes on, it's going to kind of average back out towards like his, like, I think he's like a 35% like career shooter uh, from three. And as that happens, his points per game is going to go up uh, and he's already averaging like five, six assists a game um, and four rebounds. And I think like, you know, like a 26, 
four type guy is going to win six man of the year. And that's most likely Karis LeVert. Yeah. And he um, definitely was a potential all-star, I believe it was two years back at this point um, until he went down with that knee injury. I do think he needs to improve his shooting percentage. Uh, he's shooting 39% over all 28 three uh i mean he is shooting getting about 14 points per game six assists but ultimately you got to improve your shooting percentage i mean you're going to shoot nine three-pointers and hit two and 29 hit 12 of 29 in your last game um you can definitely um improve on that um when you're karis levert um all right uh aaron you reminded me, most improved player. Um, where are we going on this? I'll let I'll start with you since you uh, reminded me. I was really torn between Michael Porter Jr. and Christian Wood, but I think I'm gonna have to give it to Christian Wood since he's only really broke out within like the last year, and I think he's in a really good situation in Houston, and especially if within like the next month if Harding gets traded, I think his numbers are just gonna go way up to the point where he's just going to run away with that award. But I think that Porter's kind of weird because he's technically like a second-year player, and they traditionally don't really give it to those sort of guys. But he was also injured his first and like technically his third year in the NBA. But And he's playing really well, and he shoots the ball amazingly. But I think at the end of the day, Christian Wood's going to get it. You know, he's definitely looked extremely good for the Rockets. Um, what are your thoughts on him, David? Because I know you're you're my Rockets fan. Uh, I, I I love the guy. Like he he is very fun to watch. He can create for himself. He can play on the pick and roll very well. He's got very good hands. That's something I've noticed. He can catch lobs extremely well. He's um, he can kind of be a pest when it comes defensively. And so he was my choice for most improved player as soon as the Rockets picked him up because I knew he was going to start as our stretch five. Um, and he's someone who I've always just wanted to see, like if he gets extended minutes on a good team, what's going to happen. And I think we've seen what's going to happen is he's going to be a 20 and 10, 25 and 10 type guy shooting decently well from three very good um like very good field goal percentage. I think he's like 57% right now because he will get to the basket and he will finish his, like he will finish his layups, finish his dunks very well. Um, and I was torn, like like Aaron said, between Michael Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Um, but I think that most voters are going to see Michael Porter Jr. as a second year player because he didn't play at all his first season, kind of the same way like Ben Simmons didn't play at all his first season and won rookie of the year. Um, and so I, I think that kind of with that second year tax and just how good Christian Wood has been, he's kind of the runaway so far in this short season. And uh, Liza, would you uh, fill us in on yours um, before we have to wrap up for today's show? I also had Christian Wood because I just think he's been a really good fit for the Rockets. So he's finally found the team for him. And again, Harden is likely going to be traded. You know what? I feel like we're like all like on the same wavelength lately, which is great. But it also doesn't completely give us that old discussion point. But, you know, that's just awards and standing. So once we get to actually discussing what's happened, I'm sure we'll get a little more of that quickly. I had Colin Sexton as my um, 
if he keeps playing well. Uh, he's not on, like, the greatest teams, you know, but I, I think he's been playing well, um, definitely compared to how he has in the past. Uh, ultimately, that is going to do that do it for us on this uh, first show of 2021. Thank you for listening to us. A big thanks to David, Liza, and Aaron. We will be back with you next week with a special interview um, with a very good uh, NBA analyst. So make sure you turn in for that. And thank you. <laughs>